hanging on to those braids. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many left. I love Coolio. Me too. We all uh, love Coolio. You love that song. I do love that Fantastic song. Fantastic Voyage. It sounds like a really fun summer jam, but it's actually about like, if you look listen to the lyrics, it's about like living in the hood. And one of the lyrics is, Trying to find a place where my kids can play outside without living in the fear of a drive-by. So it's very similar to Gangster's Paradise, and he laments the realities of poverty. Wow, (laughs) Coolio was woke. Yeah, Yeah, he was. Nothing makes me sadder than going to a karaoke bar and seeing a bunch of drunk bridesmaids singing Gangster's Paradise. (laughs) (laughs) But they learned all the lyrics special. I know. I've been guilty of that. (laughs) I am fully guilty of that. And then I I got a bare minimum of education and realized (laughs) it was problematic. Tell me why are we so blind to see? (laughs) Did you at least learn the Weird Al Yankovic uh, version? He hated Weird Al Yankovic. Usually Weird Al Yankovic thought he got permission and then Coolio was like, you're trivializing the song, which he has a good point. He has a very good point. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, but, uh, Weird Al thought he gets permission before he does it. He has to. And he he thought he did. Yeah. Just like we get permission for all of the songs that you're about to hear. Of course you do. (laughs) We are at no point completely scared to receive season I literally don't know if you need permission when it's a parody and you change it enough. I, think, I don't yeah, know you legally kind of need permission. There's a fair use thing with parody. I don't know. Mm. Somebody yeah. who's a lawyer, tell us, because we don't want to <laughs> get sued. <laughs> also, we're lazy. <laughs> there's that. Welcome to Girly Megs, by the way. Yeah! Girly Megs. Is it your guys' first time listening? Do you tell them about the show? We are a 90s nostalgia comedy podcast that do deep dives into all of your favorite old vintage teen magazines like Sassy. And 17 and YM, which was my personal favorite because they had all of the articles about like dads murdering people. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and we just kind of like dig into, you know, the minutiae of, uh, you know, what was going on back there and how like fucked up and hilarious everything was. But this episode is special because it's the return of Lady Yep, we are covering the June 1994 issue of Cosmo magazine. It was a very good issue. And uh, if this sounds less shitty than you're used to with our recent listeners, we are recording live, but that's because we've had less than 200 cases in the city of Toronto, which is statistically kind of negligible. We are trying to practice the social distancing in the studio as much as we can. So for you American listeners, don't use this as an example. You guys aren't there yet. No, (laughs) you have not done the work. (laughs) A lot of people are trying really hard. There's a lot of people there. And some people are fucking up with the rest of them, and it just sucks. It's a shitty situation. But I am so happy to be in this living room again. I missed you guys. Except for the other day when I saw you at at Ronnie's. Ronnie's. (laughs) The Ronnie's patio is pretty pretty great right now. They extended it. There's like some nice social distancing happening, and yeah, it felt real good to see all of you hey, guys. But, I'm, but uh, this this podcast is perceived as pretty successful. I'm wearing a Rolex right now, so I yeah. can't always go to Ronald's. <laughs> sometimes I have to go to more upscale. Ronald's local? I sometimes have to go to more upscale uh, bar uh, Here comes the fashion police! Oh boy. Institutions. And uh, that's where we have our guest from. Yeah! yeah. My other favorite bar that I go to, I'm not going to say in case, you know, or do you want us to say? Yeah, go for it. Okay. We have a very... Hold on. Park Hey, cab. <laughs> we have yet Defund. another uh, bartender on the show because yeah. my alcoholism is progressive. <laughs> as in, when I get drunk, I get woke as fuck. Oh, you didn't, rec- you didn't uh, introduce yourself. 
Uh, my name is Dee Mortimer, and for breakfast this morning, I had two extra value meals, <laughs> sausage and egg McMuffin value meals from McDonald's, and I just want to give a shout out to the Sherburn and Bloor location for keeping me fed. <laughs> They're struggling. You're doing God's work. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was slightly hungover today. Maybe since we already did it, we should introduce our guests, then we can introduce ourselves. Yeah. Well, Marta is, if you've listened to the show before, you might have heard Josh, who always comes and gets us extremely drunk. And now Marta is here to do the same thing. I am here to help. She <laughs> works at uh, Chanticleer, which is at slash Le Phoenix, which is an amazing bar in Toronto. And she's going to talk about the hospitality industry and the fucking crazy state that's currently the hospitality industry, both in Canada and the U.S. And yeah, talk, just introduce yourself. Say hi. What's up, guys? Um, before I actually even get there, if I don't do this, my friend is going to murder me. Um, uh, you guys have a fan down in Philadelphia. Ooh, hi. Uh, <laughs> is it fan? Meek Mill? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, no. I met this guy last year uh, in New Orleans uh, when I was there attending Tales of the Cocktail, which Ooh, for good. anybody who doesn't know is like one of the definitive cocktail conferences that happens in the world. Obviously, it is canceled this year, as everything is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met this dude uh, last summer. We hit it off. We become pretty close. Uh, but I remember when we were leaving New Orleans, I was like, dude, you got to follow Girly Mags. <laughs> you got to follow him. So I started following you guys on Instagram and has become quite the fan yeah, of your awesome. content to the point where I told him that I was going to be on this today. And he got so excited <laughs> <laughs> that he was like, you have to tell them how much I adore them and how much, how much I appreciate their content. So. Oh, we love you, you we too. Love you too. No, just because it isn't Meek Mill, that doesn't mean necessarily that Meek Mill isn't a fan. <laughs> you very well That's fair. Yeah, what's his name? Let's give That's, him a shout out. Yeah, so his name is Josa. He's a bartender down in Philly, so. Hey, Josa. Hey, Josa. Thank you. Also, you guys picked a banging place for a cocktail conference. I love Every single cocktail Dude. I've ever had in New Orleans, the four times I've gone down, has been the best cocktail I've ever had. It's amazing, and Tails has undergone a really big uh, transformation over the last few years. They've been... Uh, taken over by a, a different set of people who have had to make some very, very necessary changes in terms of how the conference is run. Um, and from what I saw last year, they've been doing a great job, and it's kind of a heartbreaking reality that it's not going to happen yeah, this, this year. year. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of contracts that they had to default on, but a lot of conferences are in the same boat. So, And especially for a city that relies so hard on tourism yep. and, like, and the drinking culture, to have something like that's the reason that The reason that Tails is held in the summer when it is uh, is because that's typically supposed to be low season because it's just so incredibly hot yeah. down mm-hmm. in New Orleans. So they bring in thousands and thousands of hospitality people who are there to experience the drinking culture and to learn mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and now that's just not happening but yeah. that's just one oh, we're shitty aspect a huge segment about the hospitality industry but yeah uh besides so now that joseph's shout out is out of the way you're welcome so my name is marta s i have been bartending or working in the hospitality industry in one way or another for 17 years now uh i was the bar mom at Chanticleer slash Le Phoenix. And if you're wondering why there's a slash and a different name, it's because also at the end of last year, we experienced a fire in the building, which mm-hmm. closed us down. So then we moved across the street, took over a lease there, and have been operating as a pop-up called Le Phoenix ever since. Very clever name after mm-hmm. a fire rising Thanks. again. Yes. Thank you. I didn't think of it, but thank <laughs> you. Also <laughs> clever, uh, 
Marta has made us Cosmos. For the magazine. For the so magazine. Good. I was riding on the street and I thought, man, we should have done like a 2000s uh, like YM or something because of like Sex in the City. Then all of a sudden it clicked on me. Oh, Cosmopolitan. He got there. Oh. He got there. You got there in the end. I, I've always wondered. Okay, so Cosmos got a really bad rap in <laughs> the 2000s. Because of Sex in the City, they're associated as this kind of girly drink that's like mm. overly sweet. And I actually remember them being extremely sweet. I swear mm-hmm. people must have added like a ton of simple syrup or something because they were like apple teenies. You Andrew, what you featured in a newspaper for hosting a Sex in the City <laughs> watching party <laughs> that featured Cosmopolitan? Wow. Was. It's so embarrassing. Oh. Don't Google me. <laughs> I'm absolutely Googling this. Yeah. Okay, so we're on episode 60, which means we're officially senior citizens. We're almost retirement age. Yeah. Congratulations. And so is James. Is it 65 uh, senior citizen? 65. Well, I'm hoping for a little bit younger. I want to live my life before I die. I want to so retire. Good luck, good luck <laughs> millennial, yeah, retiring luck. at 60. And I you'll want live to retire. Oh, we're, we're so fucked. that girly mags Patreon. You know how you can live off your savings for 25 years By the way, guys, subscribe to our Patreon so we can... Retire at 60. For fuck's sake. On Patreon. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Patreon. The word Patreon. pay is in there. The word yeah. patron is in Look, there. I, <laughs> That's also I, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, by the way, James, happy birthday. By the way, birthday. James, my name is James Holler, a.k.a. Marilyn Mansplain, a.k.a. Karen Mark Marin. And I have never had a Cosmo before. I'm going to take my first sip of a Cosmo right now. They I asked was so me, excited. They asked me, what, you've never had a Cosmo? Like, as if my toxic masculinity could allow me to order a t- Cosmo somewhere. <laughs> I have trouble, and this is true, and it's sad. I can't even order, like, a uh, a mixed drink with Diet Coke at a bar. Yeah, he because won't do it. Because of my toxic masculinity. He won't oh do it. God. They'll be like, what, do you want a diet? Dear you Lord. Ca- you care about <laughs> your know. body? Oh my God. I have so hey, many opinions comes, right now. Here comes my first time. Hey, I am acknowledging that it's toxic. I just can't do it. I I'm feel so weird. I'm so sad and excited right, for you. Take my first right Take now. your sip. That was a delicate sip. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm gay. Was- Thanks a lot, guys. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> rearrange my whole life. That, that was such a typically feminine sip. I um, saw that fingertip coming. That was really up. tasty. It tasted like a bit like I don't know why it tastes a bit like uh like pink lemonade. Oh, yep. it does. I was reading a <laughs> review of liquors the other day of whiskeys every time i see a whiskey on tv and you know like people men drink it i imagine in my head it's gonna taste like like warm honey apple cider heated up apple cider no it tastes like gasoline (laughs) yeah you're totally wrong i saw one asshole one bartender asshole who was like this whiskey has hints of like huckleberries and green peppers Uh, yeah dude that's a common tasting note that's (laughs) not that's bullshit. You're inventing that We love that in to wax poetic about this shit because we love to feel important. Green, <laughs> green peppers in a whiskey. I'll say some things. Green fucking peppers. James, you're not really known for having a great palate. You can't even remember no, what people no, look like when you meet them in person. So I really don't <laughs> trust your taste. My taste bud. I, I prefer know. I prefer a whiskey that tastes like an old leather shoe. Mm. That's a good flavor profile. Yeah. You have good taste. Old leather shoe, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer whiskey in a shot glass so that I can drink as fast as possible. <laughs> I can do that too. <laughs> I'm very good at that. I got you guys fucked up at my bar. More times oh, than yeah. I care to recall. I have not been to Chanticleer yet. Oh, we gotta go. To go. You got it. Well, I mean, when I'm actually a bartender again. Yeah. And safe. And safe. It's a safe to reopen. We're gonna have a big segment oh, yeah, about we that. Will. So if you're in the hospitality industry in any way or form or support it, which you should because it 
represents 4% of the GDP of That's Canada. That's correct. Sure she remembers the, the stats. Yeah, I love stats. <laughs> Me too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, so let's go back. This yeah. was June 1994. What was going on in June 94? Well, here's something that happened in June 94. We're taking you back, giving you a little context. On June 11th, a drunken police officer shoots seven people dead in Falun, Sweden. To which American police said, hey, we can get drunk. <laughs> to which the U.S. was just like, here, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. We don't even need to be drunk. Uh, June 17th, O.J. Simpson doesn't turn himself in on murder charges. L.A. police chases Ford Bronco for one and a half hours oh, before shit. he eventually that gives was in 94. up. In which he had a gun, which is a lesson for everyone. If you want to survive a police encounter, you just need to become a rich Hall of Fame football player who donates to police organizations or be a white person with mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> True. In music, we enter the G-Funk era, which with Regulate by Warren G. Yes. Funkified by DeBrat. Yes. Age Ain't Nothing But a Number by Aaliyah. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Creeping on a Come Up by Bone Thugs and Army, their EP. What a good Thugs, month. Bro. B thousand by uh, guided by voices, which is amazing, mm-hmm. and yeah. let's go by uh, Rancid. Nice. Oh hell yes. Uh, June 9th, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, in a domestic dispute with partner Andre Reason, sets fire to his room. Oh, oh, such a badass. Her. Yes, I love her. So she burned their house down, and it's she said she set fire to his shoes, and it accidentally spread. <laughs> I can see that happening. Fuck his shoes. Sure, Lisa. Yeah, fuck his shoes. And you know what? I'm glad that that happened because he was a fucking abuser. That's a lesson for you. If someone abuses you, burn their house down. Yeah. Just don't get caught. Uh, yeah, don't also, get caught. True. But make sure you have insurance and you're on that policy, though. I also would like to thank Lisa Left Eye Lopez for... Um, Bringing attention for to left eyes. <laughs> for too long, right eyes had all the attention. <laughs> I love that Lisa Left Eye Lopez clearly influenced Britney Spears to burn down her gym. <laughs> true! <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yep. Lisa, Lisa Left Eye Lopez... What a trendsetter walked so that Britney Spears could run. <laughs> yeah. Britney Spears was like, take that, me. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> Dude, if I burn James's closet, his shirts are so flammable. Look what he's wearing right now. Yeah, this polyester whole... heavy, dude. Uh, it's called a Rolex. That's what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> All right. Fire. Keep flexing. Uh, in film, uh, <laughs> in film, Speed was released. Love that movie. And yeah. I Classic. Love Trouble, which I saw in the theaters for some reason. What's that I about? love it's, I, it's about uh, Richard Gere and uh, I just is off memory and Julia Roberts starred in it and it was something about them loving trouble. Oh, oh. exciting! It was fun <laughs> getting into trouble and they loved it. Hey, want to get into trouble? Yeah, it's fun getting into trouble. Yeah. It's fun getting into trouble. Trouble, trouble, pop a man of trouble. Riveting. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Disney's animated musical film, The Lion King, opens in theater. Oh, I love The Lion I'm King. I'm immediately crying. <laughs> and now I will tell one of the worst things that's ever happened to me that I've never told this story. Ooh. So in high school, I finally got a girlfriend around the age of 18. She was... <laughs> this wasn't in 94. She was... Yeah, I know, but I'm telling you this story. You'll get why. Okay. Uh, she was Chinese, and this is only relevant because she was... From Richmond Hill, which is a very Chinese area, and her family was very first generation. Uh, Dad didn't care for me very much. He was a very successful businessman. They <laughs> I were wonder va- why. They were a very wealthy family, <laughs> Cantonese family. Mom loved me. Dad yeah. didn't have much time for me. So, Dad invites me 
to come with them to go see the Lion King musical in Toronto. <laughs> this was a big bridge in uh, our relations because he barely tolerated me. So I uh, I meet them there. This is with their family, their grandma, who was a thousand years old, some <laughs> uncles, some aunts. I don't know. They, ba- they They speak Cantonese. English is not a big focus. So I get there late, as I am wont to do. <laughs> fashionably late. You were late. late for a musical? Beyond fashionably late, <laughs> yeah. I am automatically just on the dad side this here. This is yeah. generally sure. a rule. You were late for a musical that they paid for you to attend? I, well, there was a problem with my train. I came from far away. It was no. downtown. Oh, he was living in Ajax at the time. So. Excuses, excuses. By the way, you should not let people in to a musical late. That's no, like a rude. rule. No, it's rude. Right? You don't let people in. They let me in. You let them. You let them in. You let them in after the first number. Exactly. You, yeah. Or so, like after there's a break in the action. Yes. They let me in late as fuck. No one was watching. So it's partially their fault. I get in from the bright it summer was 100% sun. One hundred percent. The your bright fault. summer sun, <laughs> burning like a thousand suns, a million degrees. Get into the theater. Never been to the theater before. I mean, I've seen some Brecht, and I've seen some. No, I hadn't. Um, <laughs> so I go in. It's darkest fuck in there. Simba's on stage. Yeah, it's a musical. Animals. But it's dark as fuck and I get in there all of a sudden I'm like completely blind because it's pitch black and there's lights coming forward on me. I go, I kind of see them. I think I push through some aisles of, this is one of the worst social anxiety moments of my life. This is a long story. And I hate every second of it. (laughs) I'm so mad at you. This is not like a movie theater. This is like fucking knees to fucking buttholes. Yeah. This is like, the seats are like, there's no room whatsoever. That is true. Mm. And they're sitting in the, I think in the middle somewhere. I had like some vague idea. So I pushed through like, sorry, sorry, pushing through my ass, literally. I'm getting my ass Yeah, you're that guy. By every you're single person I pass. Guy. And I'm like going through in the middle. I'm sure Simba's watching me being like, this guy's an <laughs> asshole. I go through, push through this to the, they were sitting in the middle. I get to the middle of the aisle and I look down. And it's not them. And in the row in front of me, <laughs> my girlfriend's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so I had to get the fuck out from like third, like it was 10 people back through and then back through the other side. Oh, God. I cannot handle how much you colonized the Lion King. <laughs> you absolutely did. Look at what you did, James. They did Jesus. that already. And that was one as, as someone who's, I know James is super socially anxious. This is like, shitting yourself in public oh, social oh, it's a anxiety. Nightmare. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I freak out at the movie theaters. I could not do that. Why did I you freak just out walking the down the street? It was impossible. My feet were locked by someone's knees locking into my knees. It was You're so also, tight. like, tall. Everything yeah. about this story is fucking horrible. That was the worst <laughs> moment of my life. And this is 1994. You know that, like, from the very moment that you started going out with that man's daughter... To the end of that relationship, they were like just literally talking in Cantonese, total this trash guy. about you. I total don't care trash. Her mom loved him. She used to take him shopping all the time. <laughs> Did she though? Yeah. <laughs> Sears outlet, baby. Oh my god. As as someone who is uh, also the child of immigrants, I promise you, yes, that's one of the best parts about speaking our native language is that the parents get to trash talk the boyfriends as <laughs> yeah. they're sitting right there. My mom has probably said some horrible, horrible things about the boys that I brought home. As an American, I can tell you that my parents spoke, well, my dad's native, my mom's Mexican, but they're American. That's how they're like, we're American. So they just trash talk our boyfriends in front of us in English. (laughs) (laughs) That's, 
amazing. <laughs> but also, I Touché. have this weird v- it vision in my head of your dad just trash talking all your boyfriends in Mohawk. <laughs> True. I wish, bro. That would have been just the most punk thing ever. No, my dad would be like, yeah, this guy's a fucking idiot. And then he would get drunk. He'd be like, hey, you want me to show you a couple of riffs on the guitar? It's like, no, you just called me a fucking idiot. <laughs> I like your dad. He sounds like he sounds like God. Fun. Scar, toss me into the antelopes now. Speaking of the Lion King, well, actually, we can land there because that was a okay. very long segment. <laughs> I was going to talk about how I like have a weird crush on Scar. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, always, always for the you bad know, boys. Oh, yeah. 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 Last episode. We I did mention this with last Nala's episode. fuck me eyes. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely has bedroom eyes, which is weird because she's a lion. Yeah, You're like hey, we're still, we're still. We're still cubs. We're pups. We're playing it, but they're adults. And then all of a sudden, he knocks her over on her back in a children's cartoon. Ow! I'm Iago. Why don't you fuck Nala? <laughs> That's that whole. Are weird... you doing a crossover between Aladdin, oh, shit, Aladdin. Aladdin and I the Lion King? Aladdin, wasn't don't come it? at me with this. If you're talking '90s Disney movies, dude, you got to get your facts fucking yeah. straight. You're sitting in a room with a bunch of millennials for fuck's sake. Are they not? Parrots in Africa. <laughs> Polly wants this cracker to sit down in his right seat. <laughs> Polly want a cracker? <clears throat> I said, uh, Polly want a cracker? Nah, give me a short beer. <laughs> Remember them? Someone decided to play that at my school dance, but they like bleeped out all that. So all the kids were just like, fuck you, like it. And the teachers are like, no, turn it off. Turn it off. What kind of animal? <laughs> you mean really quick with like limited penetration? <laughs> like like a ra- gorilla? raccoons or birds? It, it, it was replaced in my adult life by Portishead's glory box that <gasps> makes me feel yes. like a woman. Uh. Every fucking white girl, when they wanted to get sexy, would be like, boop, yeah. boop, turn on my <laughs> iTunes, beep, boop, make me feel like a woman. Is that Shania Twain? <laughs> <laughs> Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee said of the song, come on, dude, I want to fuck you like an animal. That's the all-time fuck song. Those are pure fuck beats. Trent Reznor (laughs) knew what he was doing. You can fuck to it, you can dance to it, and you can can bring shit to it. Imagine how fucking gross that would be, though. You're hooking up with a straight dude, and you're a lady, let's say. And all of a sudden, he's like, hold on. Boop. Beep, boop. (laughs) And it's like, oosh. Ish, oosh, ish. I mean, that's a sexy song. That's a sexy song to hear at a bar and like dance to, I guess, if you're at like an industrial bar, which there used to be a lot more than there are now. Mm-hmm. But it's a fucking creepy ass song for someone to put on in the Serial bedroom. Serial killer? Yeah. <laughs> He's like going to fucking cut off my skin. <laughs> D is our resident kinker. I am the resident kinkmeister. <laughs> I like it dirty. I have to admit, <laughs> Dee said that she wasn't recording this whole time through my mistake. So, Dee, you would like to get plowed by a man wearing laundry? <laughs> I my fantasy is now to be plowed by a man, just fucking railed by a man wearing feminine lingerie. 
if it involves a bustier or corset, just fucking bonus blowjob in a bathroom. Like, just fully. I love this so much. And then we eventually an this. FBI person comes door, and then asks, was she a big fat person? <laughs> I also really, really love, would you fuck me? <laughs> True, I'm my pickup line. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Straightforward to the point. Name of my sex tape. We discussed Excellent. on a previous episode things that we find hot, and my like number one with a magic bullet is... A man or person with a dick. It's got to be it's that the aesthetic of a dick in like lacy fucking lingerie. To that song? To that song. Just getting fucking railed on every flat surface of I my feel apartment, like, including my balcony. I feel like you know me. Yeah. <laughs> I love how like this wasn't my segment and I actually just took over. <laughs> well, this segment is called When Sex Goes Hilariously Wrong. And... These are pretty fucking tame for Cosmo, and I think it's because it was 1994. I feel like Cosmo got very, like, weird or a little bit more sexy in, like, the late 90s. So I'm going to read one, and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to go off in another direction. So, When Sex Goes Hilariously Wrong by Nancy Hill. The very first time my lover invited me to his place was significant. He hadn't (laughs) taken a woman there since his wife left him. Ugh. Buffalo Bill. Ugh. I find oh it cringe when people refer to lovers. It's my problem. I know this qualified me as someone very special to him, and I wanted the night to be truly perfect. This person has watched way too many rom-coms. Ugh. Absolutely. Uh, but during our lovemaking, his big hulk of a dog came in and started licking the bottom of my feet. I tried to shoo him away by kicking a bit, but he just kept licking. I used to have a dog like that. What the fuck did you have on your feet? <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm very ticklish and simply couldn't hold back. I broke into gales of giggles just as my lover climaxed. There is so much (laughs) problematic language in that blurb. Like, I just went, okay, five times. It could be worse. The dog could lick your balls. His balls. Which I think we've read before. Or anus. That happened to Rowie. That's right. Rowie got eaten out by a Rottweiler, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So you could go back to that episode if you want to hear true... When sex goes hilariously wrong. And yeah. I'm going to ask you guys your weird or embarrassing Women frequently sex laugh, when I cl- laugh when I climax because it's only <laughs> been like 35 seconds. Like, are you kidding me? So I looked up people's worst sex experiences or hilarious or whatever. So oh, God, my face is turning red. <laughs> there was this one. <clears throat> Decided to try double penetration. Put it in quotes. I don't know why. His uh, dick in one hole and a butt plug in the other was going fine until he pumped a little too hard and my butt had literally sucked the plug into my ass canal did i mention (laughs) it was vibrating violently anyways we couldn't get it out because lube and my partner freaked out because he didn't want the embarrassment of going to a hospital so he thought of the only rational thing left grab onto it with a little flap sticking out of my butt with his teeth he succeeded and i went and cried in the shower and we're married now When you bond over a moment like a that. modern day love story, exactly, and then you just got to do it all the time. If you've got kids in the car, cover their ears. Had a girl squeeze the tip of my dick closed just as I was starting to come. It tore my urethra and blood came out with <laughs> semen oh when she let go. Guess which oh no. fucking magazine she got this idea from? Rhymes with Zosmopolitan. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Could you, like, Ugh. reread that with, like, this? I don't understand how it works. She physically. squeezed the tip of his dick with as he was With a pair coming. of needle-nose pliers? <laughs> <I guess. laughs> 
Maybe she had strong, thick nails. I don't know. So this leads me to the worst. Is that going to blow out your vast defrons if it squeezes too hard and it goes? That's definitely causing permanent damage. Backwards, and then your vast defrons explode. Ew. So this leads me to the worst sex advice ever given by Cosmo, according to Jezebel and Betches. Slip a donut around his penis and slowly eat it off. (laughs) I've read this. I read that, Cosmo. I remember this. It came from 365 Naughty Nights. A What's year that going to do sex. for anyone but your desire to eat a donut? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's not sexy. She's like, I'm on a diet except for when I do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> the They're just like munching a donut around the base of my penis, which is notoriously the least sensitive part of the penis. <laughs> I think that eating the donut and then like burning the calories by riding them like a fucking dime store pony is actually When I'm full of thing. donut, I don't want to fuck anymore. <laughs> You're not it's eating, one donut. Eating a baker's dozen of I know, fucking donut. dick. I don't feel as sexy once I've eaten a donut. <laughs> Well, that's your that's your issue, James. It's just toxic masculinity. And yeah. then what yeah. are you using your hand? Uh, by the way, that sounds once like a you problem. At least half of the donuts done. It's not standing on there anymore. You're just like basically just eating a donut. It's also, a the last like three quarters of the donut, you're just sitting there with it falling off his penis it's in your hand, eating a donut. You're like crumbing it because that's just gonna get into the butt. Crack. Okay, wait. Let's get. Oh, what if you eat the crumbs out of his crack? That could also work. <laughs> Dee did not look grossed out at all. What kind of donut? I love that you guys have just been making fun of people and I've been wondering logistics. Yeah, she didn't even flinch. I'm assuming he's on his, like, standing and she's on her knees or he's on his knees and it's not like he's, like, lying on... You're assuming he's lying on his back. Yeah. If you had to eat any donut off of anyone's dick, what donut would it be? Why would that... Old-fashioned glazed. <laughs> I would eat... I like a chocolate glaze. I was way too ready with that answer. <laughs> yeah. You were quick. Yeah. But I appreciate, like, the... I appreciate the thought process there that you just had. An was there a reaction. thought process? That was like a just a <laughs> knee-jerk reaction. I think my favorite donut would be either a French cruller or Ooh, a sa- That sounds like a sex Ooh. position. Or like... <laughs> From Cosmo. Yeah, uh, that does actually sound like... I'm just going to... You know what? I was going to say also, like, what's the one that's like the sour cream glazed uh, donut? Like Boston the, cream? No, no. No, it needs a hole, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you can, can make you one. imagine? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, there's already a hole in the Boston cream because that's where the Boston cream goes. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, so it's like a sideways situation <laughs> that you have to go. <laughs> you have to go from the side down. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm crazy over here, but mine would be one of those tiny donuts you get from a fair because I'm not that into eating donuts off dicks. Tiny, <laughs> tiny Tim's? Tiny, tiny Tim's? Yeah, I don't know if those yeah, are whatever. internationally known. But I'm yeah. going to put well. this out there. If there's any dude that wants to wear lacy panties and have me eat a donut <laughs> off their dick, I will do it. We do don't want to invite that kind of shit. <laughs> this what? fantasy just got a lot more delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Horton, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a couple more Cosmo tips. Make two fists around his shaft and twist them in opposite directions as fast as you can. No! I think I also read this. Fun! I guess that makes some sense, the old twisty boy. No. But, I mean, you don't I'm have to do it on the as mic. fast as you can. Are you trying to start a fire? <laughs> the pit fuck. 
Have your partner lube up his junk. Then get into a modified 69 with him on top, but with his dick nestled in your armpit instead of your mouth. Yep, you read that correctly. You can use your other hand to stroke his balls or whatever. This one's already weird. These things seem so intimate. That seems like the layers that like a Christian goes through to avoid losing their virginity. That's the only mm. person yeah. who would do this. It's like, just let's give you a blowjob mm. or something, or let's have sex. Unless you're like some weird Christian who's like, let's figure out crazy ways where yeah. God turns a blind eye to it. Yeah, <laughs> or for a woman who can't create cleavage, maybe. Maybe yeah. that's, you know, you can't titty fuck, right? That's yeah. I mean, a waste of time, too. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. I don't that. disagree. But also, as a woman who doesn't have cleavage, I mean... You'll do it for a bit and be like, hey, this is I saw this in a pornography ones because I'm 20 19 in years old in a pornography and I'll do this <laughs> I like okay saying. grandpa I saw this I saw this in a po- pornographic film uh, and uh, I will I, I will do this for a while and then eventually it's just like this isn't gonna work and I'm bored and it's hitting me in the chin <laughs> I could see that being very awkward you're like is this sexy uh huh <laughs> yeah I'm just squeezing my tits together here while you just like pound me but in the, the chin a bunch of times <laughs> thing is that there is literally porn out there because i've watched it um there's like literally like titty fucking porn and the girl like just fakes an orgasm absolutely like, yeah what are you that's doing? so weird it's absolutely. so fucking weird james and i dated almost 10 years before he realized i don't care about my boobs being touched this i know was everyone such has a betrayal everyone has different sensations with their boobs i'm not talking for everyone i don't give a fuck if you touch my nipples oh. just get down there bro i always found it weirdly infantile when a guy yeah. like i just don't like it yeah. i know a lot of people do and it feels nice i don't like it no. i'm just gonna put it out there. i just actually just don't have very much like sensation there yeah. so it doesn't really Dude, it's a fat, it's a done, fat I've milk bag. I've let people do it just because they get off on yeah. it, but it's with the understanding that they don't stick around there for very long. Yeah, I think, I'm not I think yeah, it's men a pit think stop. they're doing a yeah. great job, but I think it's more for them than it is for you. Well, there's been yeah. a thing where they're like, Shocking. Shocking. like goo goo gaga. Oh, <laughs> We're going to get into that in the next segment. Yeah. Everything about that was the grossest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that was awful. Okay, so here's a few more just to get, just to get us uh, nice and lubed, lubed up for the next episode or for the next segment. Put a bunch of loose change in the freezer for an hour. Tell them to slick your vulva with warming lube and then cover it with coins. No! The cold against the warm? Incredible. That's disgusting. Money is so dirty. It's so dirty. But that'll kill most of the bacteria. I don't believe that. I am a virologist because of this coronavirus. I was going to say, in the time of corona, you want to play that gambling game? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Who thought of this? Okay, say you use a bunch of loose change. How much is a dildo? I will send you a dildo. <laughs> yeah. Someone sponsor us and I will send you a dildo. your food service guidelines <laughs> and make sure it's been in the freezer at a temperature for long enough, this loose bunch of pennies and dimes, <laughs> which is good use because who's using change these days in coronavirus? It's a good use for your change in dimes. No. Put it in the freezer. Don't sure put change in your vagina. I'm just going to put that out there. Do we need to say this? <laughs> like, I mean, what? People Who say- would do that to our queen? <laughs> <laughs> If I walk into any date's house and they just have sacks of fucking coins in their freezer, <laughs> red flag. I will punch them in the throat. Red also flag. Loose, like he p- brings it into the room, he puts on boom, tsh, boom, tsh, boom. Tsh. I've got some coins from the coin star. <laughs> 
was just gonna say, like, what are we, a jukebox? Like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? You just, I just like, I wanna fuck you like a gumball machine. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for fun. The gumball rally has begun. Loving the 90s. I'm God, the singer of Blur is so hot. Yeah. What a progressive song in the time. In the video, they're just going on water slides, which I really want to do right it's, now. Uh, <laughs> it's based on when he went to, apparently, when he went to a, I just know this is a fact generally because I know a little bit about Blur. Uh, he went to Ibiza and saw, like, the libertine people and he wanted to join in, but he also kind of, like, was hesitant. That so it like always <laughs> should be someone you really love is, like, a, a lyric Dude, that. that's me at the water park being like, should I go in there as an adult? <laughs> I look creepy. Yes, do no, it. No, because Fuck like them. anytime, anytime I like go to the doctor and they prescribe some kind of an enema, I just go to a water park and that's how <laughs> I deal with it. True. <laughs> what doctors are prescribing enemas to you so frequently? What I'm doctors not, aren't? Yeah, exactly. The doc, Dr. Tool. <laughs> enema of the state. I'm sorry. Uh, second verse, same as the first. This is another fetish column. And it's, for some reason, I was chosen. The last it. one wasn't yeah. the fetish. It just turned into a fetish. How did I not I get two resident perverts? I know. Why am I in charge of this? It's fine. Um, so I am in charge of this segment that is about a fetish. And I want to say, first off, that I am not uh, qualified to be in charge of this because I'm not a, a fetish person myself. I generally think there I, I prefer to think of myself as a sexual classic and there's sexual picante <laughs> of like more comedy when i was like a younger man i generally would get into sexual encounters and like be like let's try crazy things yeah there's like the cosmo advice literally five good things to Why do don't I shove some loose change <laughs> or six vagina. good things to do at a general sexual encounter yeah what's in the freezer today <laughs> <laughs> refrigerator raider This was a thing, though, in the 90s. It was like, try strawberries, whipped cream. The food was a big thing. Yeah. I don't know why. Like chocolate body paint. I definitely did that with a, with a partner. Flavored condoms. Ooh, so I've bad. Like, I've, like, fucked around with, like, a can of whipped cream. I think when Shut I... Shut up. Here comes the sex, please. Defund. When, when Cosmo is like, uh, hey, try a feather on his penis and rubbing it over the head, it's like, just give him a blowjob. Like, <laughs> Men aren't that generally complicated until they are and they have certain fetishes. Like, we don't need, like, you to be like, ooh, I went and got, like, this fucking bunch of, I don't know, cotton candy. and Cat toys. Cat toys. Get on his balls. I mean, when I was a young man and I was single, I was pretty sought-after property. And when you only have, you might like uh, the work of Birdie Leiden, but if you got one night only with the Eagles, you want to hear Hotel California. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I treated my sexual encounters. You want, you want. Someone give me a gun. One. (laughs) You want one hand. Then, you know, uh, mouth stuff. Mouth stuff. (laughs) Sexy. Good old missionary. (laughs) And then you transition into them on top. And maybe if you're feeling spicy, (laughs) 
<laughs> a little doggy style. Oh, honey. Everything else <laughs> is complicating matters. Oh. This is the most basic sex menu I've yeah. heard in a long yeah. time. Yeah, you know why they call it the basic menu? The classic <laughs> menu is what everyone wants. Look, James is a classic Cosmo. It's There's everyone, a reason you know they only what? offer the McRib once I, a I was year. just going to say, it's the fast food menu. Yeah, yeah which is great. I don't mind fast food menu sex once in a while. Well, you are, but you are I keeping the McDonald's know, But I'm here for like the McDonald's Monopoly game of sex. Like that's what I want. And for a new kind of Monopoly fun, there's Monopoly Nintendo for the whole family. All I'm going to say is if you have never as a man let some let a woman or a man or anybody Anyone. of any gender to ride your face, you are lazy. Of course. That's something Agreed. you do. Agreed. That's all good stuff. That goes under the category of mouth. I, I thought I laid that out. I just, all I want. <laughs> I named mouth. That's all kinds That's of That's in the mouth column of the menu. <laughs> I will say this. I personally have like... So I find, like, deep penetration quite painful. So I actually don't really like penetration all that much. I find it uncomfortable. Just biologically, I think yeah. my uterus sits really low. It just fucking Dude, hurts. that's a big thing. Like, it's a huge narrow. Thing. It is why I own a flashlight for sexual partners who come over. And it is why I am fully, fully on board with, like, fucking my thighs. Yeah. And, and having other... There's other ways to. Other what ways about to what about your armpit? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I could. I would be on board with that. I feel like because I don't shave my armpits, I feel like it would be really nice exfoliation. For <laughs> yeah, hairs. there you go. <laughs> Life hack. Yes. <laughs> so let's get into the sexiness. So anyway, someone wrote into this column, and they said it's a lady, and she Ooh. said I've always fantasized about being pampered and treated like a baby. A few months ago, I confessed this secret desire to my boyfriend, and to my surprise, he liked the idea. That night, he wrapped me in a silk diaper. No. Where the fuck did you get a silk diaper from <laughs> no. on hand the Come same on, night? Come on, Richie. Yeah, that's some bourgeoisie fuck. shit. Yeah. Cradled me and carried me to bed, and we made passionate love. It was the most sexually thrilling experience of my life. Since that time, we've been playing baby girl Big Daddy a lot. <gasps> Sorry, that's my judgment. <laughs> I don't mind the baby girl thing. I just find it cringe. The big... Oh, Jesus. God, That's turn it off. <laughs> Do you think their favorite movie is Big Daddy? <laughs> no, it's big. I have to say, it doesn't take a lot to shock me, obviously. But anytime anybody brings up weird baby infantilizing shit. i don't mind i will i love daddies i love like i love that whole like that that is a kink that i have um or a fe- like a fetish that i have i like you know i like calling people daddy but like <laughs> i don't like the infantil uh, the infantilization thing is so fucking weird it's it weird. does weird me out it's weird among yeah. when when men directed towards women yeah because generally this uh this fetish which is called proto i don't know i don't know abdl yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, no. And the reason why I know this is because I was re- I was researching this part. Uh, I was researching this part and it listen, ruined my internet listen, search history. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Andrew even said she's like, hopefully not on a shared computer. Yeah. <laughs> Diaper fetish. I should have used Dee's computer. Would have done. Wouldn't have put a dent in it. The community, they call themselves ABDLs, which stands for Adult Baby Diaper Lovers. 
Oh my and god, they have a community. Yes, and they actually MTV did one of those real life episodes about them and I watched the whole thing and it's like yeah, yeah dude. you did some work for Girly Mags. You know, I, I love can't research. They put this on MTV. Yeah. I love research. Yeah, they did. Okay, and it's so like tell a whole me. thing. I, I need to know. Yeah. Generally, it's men who uh, it's it's rare among fem- uh, women. I've actually heard it the opposite. Men like the diapers. Generally, it's men who like to be infantilized. It doesn't always involve defecating and urinating in your diaper. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it does, which is a different thing. It's also it, it's like a it's like a combo meal. Of being into Corcro under the menu of butt. A lot of uh, fast food references yeah. in this one. A lot one. of food references in general. Yeah. Dee's regretting her choice of breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Okay, so I want to hear more about your research. So what? AB, ABDL? Yeah, ABDL, adult baby diaper lovers. So. It can be in either category. You can either identify as an AB, an adult baby, or as a DL, a diaper lover. So, or you can be an the adult baby ac- diaper lover. That's it. You can be the entire acronym, and it's it really it seems to kind of stem from just obviously it can just be a kink and just be something that you're fucking into, yeah. and that's uh, we're not here to yuck anyone's yum. No, <laughs> but. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I was reading too, you know, it stems from like things that, uh, you know, you're looking for a certain amount of support and care and it just makes you feel more cared for and supported by, by going back to that time in your life where you had one person or two people that you depended on wholly for everything. Yeah. Right. Right. But then there's the coming. (laughs) <laughs> which is odd, which is not odd, but it seems to contradict that idea of it's like you just want to be supported and hugged because then you're jizzing. But a lot of people that exist in this uh, community, uh, a lot of the times it's actually not sexual yeah, for them. Yeah. It yeah. can be. I mean, it we are talking about be. the sexual fetish. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It can be, and it is, but uh, sometimes it's just a lifestyle choice. I'm always of the opinion that as long as it's too explicitly consenting adults, 100%. It, like it's got it. You gotta be an adult, please for fuck's sake. Yeah. But like it's, I'm, I'm happy to just like allow people like, you know, your kink is not my kink and I'm happy to say that. And like, it's, I'm like, you know, I don't ever want to kink shame anybody. I just personally feel weird, like really weird about it. I want to throw a totally random like thought in there because I was listening to a true crime podcast where a guy was obsessed with satin. Now, given he was a serial killer. Obsessed with what? Satin. I'm also okay. obsessed Not with satin. satin. It's great. He, like he couldn't even be around. There's a whole book called oh. The Satin Killer. But he, he was so obsessed with satin, the fabric, that he could not hear it, be around it. Is satin like a weird fetish to have? Satin is sexy as fuck. It is, yeah. That's great. I hate the summer. For, like, I know it's supposed to be the sexiest time ever, but I feel like if I lived in a hot place like L.A. or Miami, I'd be like, don't fuck oh me. Oh, my God. Don't touch me. I just want a swamp cooler. One of my biggest kinks is someone who has air conditioning. <laughs> All I do, okay, so in the summertime, I only jerk off when I need to do the laundry because <laughs> when I jerk off, I fucking look like I've wet the bed. I sweat so much. So I don't make you sure. Live alone? Who cares? Well, she doesn't want to lay her on a sweat. That's not her kink. L- yeah, no. It's just like, <laughs> oh, that's not one? Yeah. But, okay. Cross if that I off can, the list. If I, can, I don't want to sleep in a bed where I can snap the sheets in half. Like, fuck, dude. But it's like, I mean, I shouldn't say that I only jerk off on laundry day. I jerk off a lot. But, like, it's. <laughs> 
But, Girl, same. But it's like soup. I get very Laundry sweaty. day is every day for Andrew when she just uses a towel and then leaves it on the floor. <laughs> True. My number one, my number one Cosmo fueled kink is number one with a bullet consent. Number two is fucking dudes in lingerie. Um, my number three kink was I, it would actually probably be being allowed to watch two dudes just destroy each other. Mm. I think you went around the table like, hey, let's go around the table and name all our kings. <laughs> here, me, here I go. And here's eight kings. <laughs> Cross him off the list. Name, name your kinks. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just like, I'm going <laughs> to... Wrote a song about it. like to hear your nose. <laughs> Wrote a song about it. Like to hear your go. <laughs> now your girlfriend say she love you. But I guess the four hours that she done spent in the men's room with Axel Rose last night is the way that she likes to show it. <laughs> Regulators. That initial noise of sounds like what with my stomach does when I'm like gonna have diarrhea. Like I'm on the subway and my stomach goes. It says a lot about a good song, but that didn't ruin the song for me. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Laura G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts from my phone so I can get some phones. Chilling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. We just entered the G Funk era right now. <laughs> what should we regulate? We need to regulate a lot of shit right now. Absolutely. Oh yes, I think we're all we've all realized this over the course of the last four or so months when we've all been stuck in quarantine. But I just want to touch really quickly since I have been invited onto this podcast. I thought one of the things that got sent to me in like my debrief before I got here was, oh okay, you're going to introduce yourself and talk about what projects you've been working on. And I sat back and I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> Um, I don't currently have any projects or anything that I'm working on other than making myself a better white person um, because I am an unemployed bartender because, as most people know, bars and restaurants haven't been allowed to operate, at least in Ontario, since March 17th. And I have to say, and I've said this multiple times, and my friends are going to like roll their eyes and be like, we know! Uh, I'm a very different person now than I was four months ago before the shutdown because it's amazing when you work in an industry that demands so much of your time and energy as a service industry does, uh, being on your feet for 11-hour shifts, uh, working no upwards. No breaks. Of, work, no breaks unless you're a smoker, which is why do you think so many of us fucking smoke? Um, being, no benefits. Uh, no benefits. No, no health insurance. No job security. No real regulation that can assure us that from one day to the next we'll actually even have a job to come into it's amazing when you get some distance from an industry that defines you that's like for me and for many of my colleagues and peers and friends has defined us for well over a decade when you get distance from that it's really time to stop denying the amount of problems that we've all just been putting up with and living with and accepting as well that's just the way things are so here in Toronto, we just approved patio service a couple of weeks ago, uh, deeming it safe. In reality, of course, we mentioned this earlier, 
our numbers here in terms of new cases have been going down in a very, it's a very, very good scale. We love seeing it happen. We've been doing it right. I'm not saying that it's not getting safer, but it's still not safe. And it's not safe if you are a person who's working in the service industry who now suddenly has to be exposed to a ton of strangers like we've always had to be, but in a time where the pandemic is still very real and it's still going on. And the reason why we're being told to reopen, it's not because it is safe. It's because we need to be open to stimulate the economy. To survive. Well, it's yeah. also to and allow to people the relief of, of the break of being like, we've been stuck inside forever. So, but this is, where, this, I mean, is, this is where part of my problem with it lies. And I have very many thoughts and say, opinions about it. First off, we start with the... The, the 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 retail workers yes. and the grocery workers sure. who weren't even given the privilege of taking the break in the yes. first place they're the first ones we think of Absolutely. but the second one we think of are the are the retail workers the grocery workers who never got a break whatsoever no. And we're given a bit of hazard pay, mm-hmm. but like and now they're trying not to take enough it away. To, of course uh, not, not enough to put your fucking life on the risk absolutely dude. not. But we are also talking about essential versus non-essential services, yeah. right? Yeah. So when we're talking about essential services, unfortunately, access to food and groceries does fall into that category. Essential. You, know, you think if you're essential, you deserve an essential kind of pay, though. Of on course. The level yeah. of, yes. On the level of Absolutely. healthcare workers, Absolutely. at least. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is debating that here at all. But what I have a problem with when it comes to reopening bars and restaurants, it's that... Well, number one, bars and restaurants that are small and independently owned, like the one that I am lucky enough to still have a job to return to. Which is a fucking dope bar, by the way. It's Chanticleer slash Le Phoenix. It's in Parkdale, Toronto. Go there and wear your mask. And tip... 30%. 30%. And if you don't wear your mask, I'm not serving you. So, <laughs> But how do you do it? Like, you can't wear your mask and show up because well, okay, you're drinking. Well, so, okay, so this is this is all going to tie into so let's why... Like, let's, not, let's not advertise, show up to this bar with your cough. This is no. all... This no all, this, cough on her. This all ties into why this whole reopening is extremely problematic and why it's a double-edged sword for us in the hospitality industry. And again, like I said earlier at the very beginning of this that hospitality workers and service workers, we kind of exist in our own bubble and we forget that a lot of people, most people in the world don't understand what it is actually like to work in this industry. So I just like to shed a little bit of light on what we've been going through and what we're actually facing, at least here in Canada and, and in Ontario. I know that in the United States, it's it's very different and a lot more grave. The situation is a lot worse and a lot more dangerous for them, but I can only speak for what we're going through up here. So to just give everybody kind of an idea uh, in terms of why some of us like me are incredibly hesitant to put ourselves back there on a patio to serve you drinks. There are so many reasons. Uh, Cases, yes, they're dropping, but they're still very, very much there. And one thing that everybody has to remember is that we're also not just exposed to tons of people who are coming into our space that we're trying to work in, but we're also handling your dirty glassware, your dirty dishes, bodily fluids. And that the government, unsurprisingly, hasn't provided any kind of regulations or any kind of rules or laws in terms of what needs to be followed to execute this safely. So, yes, you're asking, how do they know? To, how do you do that wearing a mask? Well, the, the, the rules that kind of exist that 
only need to be enforced by the person running the establishment. Yeah. Is it can that vary from place it to can place. vary from place to place. And we've already seen it happen. Hop, which we've, we all do. We've already seen it happen here in this city that the way that we're trying to enforce is that you wear a mask when you're not seated at your table, if you're going to the restroom or if you're going outside yes. to have a cigarette. But when you're at the table, you don't have to wear your mask. Yeah, so you're eating and drinking <laughs> well, and putting your How would you wear a mask everything. if you're actually attending and drinking? It's exactly. not going to work. Oh, of course. That's, that, and that's the thing. So no that's, one cared who I was until I put on the mask. But <laughs> I think, but start, I'm, I don't yeah, mean to interrupt, yeah. but I think that the, the under, I mean, at least the understanding that I was taking away from this is that being outside is slightly less risky Absolutely. than being inside, yes. which is why when we when you go and you don't wear your mask on a patio, which I am fully going to own up to, to doing, mm-hmm. uh, me, Andrea, and James met on a patio at Ronnie's, and like all three of us weren't wearing a mask as we were on the patio, and I always thought that that was the understanding was that it's less, less risky risk. outside. Uh, D, so please, imagine, please direct your concerns towards me. I'm a white man who's confident, <laughs> oh so I'm God. basically a doctor. <laughs> so imagine. Us three are not wearing our mask, but somehow when I went to get my beads last week, I was like, I got COVID somehow and didn't know it. Yeah. And then I go to a patio like Ronnie's and I'm, I don't feel sick. So mm-hmm. my glassware has it on it. Our three glassware touch. Then Wait, Marta, you have coronavirus? <laughs> no, oh my God. I'm just giving a, an example. And then Marta goes and puts it in a glassware, which sp- in case you've never Glass worked washer, in the hospitality yeah. industry, it sprays up at you like yeah. a fucking toilet. Yeah. yeah. So I can just imagine it being aerosol. Like it's not safe. No. And as somebody who I, I have been out of the hospitality industry for four years, but before that I worked in it my entire like youth from I was, my first job was at Dairy Queen from 15 until I was almost 30 I worked in bars and my dad was a blackjack dealer and worked in casinos my entire mm-hmm. life that's how I was raised my dad relied on tips so here's another thing if you're gonna go out and you're gonna drink right now at a time when your bartenders and people are putting their lives on the line who don't have health insurance where an, an industry is incredibly preca- precarious and shaky tip 20% is or it, above. Is it worth money, though? That's the point. It's not worth money. It's not yeah. worth because money. Because the serve... I don't serve, think you should be putting Sorry, we have a thing in risk. Canada, as Ameri- uh, Americans listening, we have a thing in Canada where you can make $2,000, and if you make a dollar above $2,000, you, 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 you owe it all Serve Canadian emergency... Government, yeah. So it's like we have a pressure towards people to make money and, like, to keep themselves going. Yeah. But I think it shines a light on the service industry where this is a bigger problem where people are left in the fucking. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, if I could just like pull it back a little yeah. bit from from just exclusively talking about going back to work in the middle of a global global pandemic and putting myself on the front line, which, you know, again, bless the frontline workers, bless the essential workers. Thank you so That's much not for, even up for doing for that. Debate. But I did not sign up to be a bartender to be a frontline worker. Yes. That's yeah. not that's not one and the same thing. Yeah. My my providing a sense of normalcy for you because you want to feel like things are more back to normal while also risking exposing myself far more than I would if I could just stay at home and not do this. That's not part of my By job. By the way, exactly. advocating advocating for your own health is not saying that the your health matters exactly. more than people exactly. who work at grocery yes. stores exactly. or at, at, at they have their own fucked up yeah. version well, of why we need these people. They're frontline workers. We're not paying them enough. Yeah. The free market people always said, sorry to come from economist James, that the free market will determine 
the rate of that's why free market works is that it Supply determines the rate demand. of exactly mm. that it will be commiserated with the demand of your skill will be commiserated with your amount of your mm-hmm. pay. But now we've learned that the desperation among people who have uh, impoverished are they're forced to work. There's a there's a version of humanity that we treat as privileged class who gets to avoid coronavirus and we've also left a a, a a whole class of people below the level of care because they're uh, below that you level you're you're desperate for money right if you you haven't gotten fired you're not qualified for serb or you're not qualified yeah. for unemployment so yeah. you have to keep working this job and you're not offered a raise even though no one's willing to work this job because it's a scam embedded in the free Absolutely. market system that we take advantage of desperate people yeah yep cool. and to just to again just to pull it back from what we're currently looking at as service, hospitality, restaurant workers as a whole, um, and to kind of educate people who are listening to this and and really don't know where, you know, the tipping uh, method came from or what the history behind that is, just really quickly to dive into it. And, And there are people who are far, far more qualified and educated to speak on this than I am, but I follow them and I consider them mentors to me. Uh, Ashton Berry is one of them. Anybody who works in the service industry, if you don't know that name, you should absolutely, absolutely look her up. She's the collectress on Instagram and she is just a, a wealth of knowledge in terms of this. But the background behind tipping culture is rooted in slavery. So just to, to take it back to that, um, when uh, slavery was abolished, let's quote say, unquote, quote unquote, uh, after the Civil War, um, these liberated people were facing the idea of now trying to find jobs that would pay them to, you know, sustain themselves. And the obviously the things that they had to choose from, the jobs they had to choose from were extremely limited. So they were finding themselves going to what were called menial jobs uh, as like railroad porters or restaurant workers and employers were not super super keen to hire them in the first place so basically what these employers did was they abolished the idea even paying these people a wage and instead instead said the guests that you're serving or helping are going to be the ones who give you a tip and so basically that's where it started you know getting zero dollars per hour but with a tip so now fast forward to right now it's still kind of the same model because I am what's known, at least here in the province of Ontario, as a liquor server. So if you're looking at how people who work minimum wage are classified, I am classified below minimum wage. There's minimum wage in the, in the province, which is $14 an hour. Liquor servers make almost $2 less an hour than minimum wage. Okay. And that's because the argument is, well, we have the privilege of making of tips. Making tips. And I am in absolutely no way, shape, or form as a white woman equating what I go through working in the service industry to the plight of slavery at all. All I'm doing is just trying to illustrate that the history of tipping culture does get drawn from that. That's where the comparison fucking ends. Because, I mean, I'm still making money per hour. So, and I'm white. So... The first people we didn't give a shit about were the people who make minimum wage. And we never lied about not giving a fuck about them as a society. People working at McDonald's, people working as clerks, people working as grocery store workers. The second wave comes people working in the hospitality industry mm-hmm. that we take as, hey, we deserve them, right? There's someone serving Entitled. Me class are the people who can work from home. It's yeah. a luxury. You're on salary. You can get... Because a lot of us, by the way... 
in millennials are also contract workers. They don't give yeah. us they don't give us benefits. They they give you six month contracts. They don't hire you as a person, so they don't have to pay you benefits. And then you so don't they qualify don't have to for pay employment you insurance, health care. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of people who are who have salaried jobs who can work from home and like I'm working from home and I'm struggling taking care of my kids. You are so fucking privileged in that yeah. situation. There are all kinds of people beneath you who are not valued by society. And yes. they're like, hey, the society's fucked. You better go make money and endanger yourself. I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah. yeah. Just to completely reiterate, I am not at all uh, equating struggles as a, a bartender trying to exist in the time of COVID to slavery. So I just want to make that very clear. This is just Thank history. <laughs> this is just a history lesson as to where tipping came from. And once again, Follow people like Ashton Berry or Christina Vera uh, or Rachel Cargill, who are incredible fonts of knowledge, who are far more qualified to talk about this than I am. But just quickly, just one more thing just to touch on, just to kind of give people a perspective as to why service industry workers are also kind of up in arms about going back to work and the things that we've kind of learned about being unemployed is just how much money we've generated for the economy has really come to the forefront and why we aren't our businesses, these small businesses, or even larger ones who are very much on the point of collapse, this entire industry is, why we haven't been provided ad- an adequate amount of support from the government when we are a, a workforce that supplies $90 billion to the economy, which is equivalent to 4% of the GDP in Canada. We are made up by 1.3 million Canadians, so 7% of the population works in this workforce. And I'm just trying to imagine what other industry that generates 4% of the GDP of this country wouldn't have the government falling over itself to help it survive and why that isn't happening in kind towards this industry. So I have I have a question that I've kind of prepared because I think it is a complicated conversation that people are having, um, and I think that there, it's a problematic conversation that's coming about within, you know, the slow reopening of like our stores and our and our 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 like service industries that are going on specifically in Toronto. I can't speak to anything else, mm-hmm. but like. I wanted to ask this question, which is I've gotten into a number of conversations with my friends who are just like super well-meaning and I want to make space for that. But like the question has been like, I feel like I want to know how to support the industry while also being very aware of the risk that you guys are putting yourself Mm -hmm. at in order to contribute and add to our economy. And the number of people that I've had conversations with and, you know, like really good friends of mine who have been (laughs) stop eating chips. Thanks, James. Um, anyway, I want it, but I wanted to ask this because I feel like a lot of my friends have kind of fallen onto that argument, which can sometimes come from a really privileged place. If you fucking snack on that, I'll punch you in the fucking oh my face. God. But I, so any kind of conversation that kind of, I've had a conversation with people who have been like, well, I don't want to do this because it's something that the government should be providing for, which is a valid point, but we're not there yet. Put your fucking hand away. (laughs) Get it out of the chip bag. How do we reconcile? And I'm asking this specifically for you because you're in the industry. Mm. How do we reconcile supporting the industry with not putting your health at risk? 
We've you all been. You need to feel free to shrug, by the way. You, just because you're absolutely. advocating for doesn't mean you absolutely. have all the answers. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. I, I don't, and I absolutely do not. I, I really don't. I'm just a, a former bar mom, you know, who's just like trying to figure out. Hand away. Oh my god. I can hear the crinkling. I'm hungry. I want shit. I've been doing it performatively before, but now I'm just eating shit. Stop okay, chip fine. shaming him. <laughs> I will. I'm sorry. Just below king shaming is chip shaming. Um, no, that's a great, great question. I can give a few suggestions. None of these are going to be the answer because mm-hmm. none of us, frankly, know the answer mm-hmm. because none of us know what's going to be around and who's going to actually survive through this. And I promise you, people who are not in the service industry, I promise you, this is not, this is going to, this is dismantled us. This has destroyed us as an industry. We are not going to be back to any sense of normalcy as much as you wish that we were. We are not going to be back there until like a decade from now, if ever. What do we do while trying to remain responsible and respectful of the, the, the well-being of our friends who work at these establishments who have been given absolutely no other option but to reopen? Yes. Because we're small, independently run. Our investors are scared, unsure about everything. Number one, you invest in, in a restaurant. So yeah. maybe you should have known <laughs> fucking better before you did that. But anyway, um, be if you're going to go out to a patio... Just be absolutely clear on the rules. Respect the people who are there who are serving you. Wear a fucking mask. Don't go out with six people. Wear a fucking mask and observe social distancing rules outside of your what I like to call touch bubble. So if you're traveling in a group of, I would say, maximum you plus three friends, four people, um, unless the establishment has guidelines in place to make that make a larger group possible. The bottom line is their rules are the rules you follow. And if you cannot follow those rules, you cannot be there. And we don't appreciate your business one way or another. If you leave that table, your mask is on. If you come back from the restroom, you're using the hand sanitizer. Believe me, the amount of money that these places have had to invest into putting things like hand sanitizer in place or just, you know, renting deli- a patio space, rent- building, yeah. building a patio space, or building yeah. a patio space. Someone who is walking around in the bubble and lathered in Vaseline. <laughs> that's As someone who wants to attend. James, the patio that's space. far Last segment, far deeper into the into knowledge than I can possibly go. <laughs> we're back um, into my kink. But, 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 uh, step away. but yeah, we're back into Extra these kinks folder. now. <laughs> yeah, but but beyond that, if if honestly, there's been a lot of ways to to support the service industry that have existed since moment zero when we got shut down and a lot of those are do takeout do delivery yeah buy gift cards there's a ton of ways that we as an industry have tried to provide for consumers to just buy into our business and keep supporting us in a way that doesn't require us to deliver food or drink to you personally so do that instead because I feel like if you can be just as happy sitting in the backyard or on a stoop with your friends drinking a bottle of wine that you ordered from a local establishment, then do that instead of putting yourself on the patio mm-hmm. in these in this these people's space. And yeah. also Cosmos has Amen. Try yes. fucking someone in the armpit. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. <laughs> Least but- you can do. <laughs> Singer from back kind of hot. Uh, Absolutely.
Are you embarrassed easily? I am. Oh, my favorite Beck song, one, uh, he wrote that song, Loser, because he tried to rap like uh, Chuck D. And he was like, oh, yeah. this sucks. Yep. I sound like a loser. loser. So yep. that's what came out. That's amazing. Yeah. A lot of his, I have so many The Beck biggest facts. self-deprecating, <laughs> self-deprecating anthem of Beck our generation. Facts. One, he's a Scientologist. He was raised a Scientologist. Big facts. Two, he's half Canadian. Big facts. <laughs> Three, he lost a lot of his music in that uh, giant oh, that uh, fire. fire. And yeah. one of the Universal albums was fire. him trying to make an album in the early 90s that sounded like Pavement or... Uh, or, or a dinosaur junior. I wish they I never album. like put that shit on digital. Uh, he wrote an amazing album that helped me through a lot of shit in the, yep. my early twenties called Sea Change, which was about. Uh, oh my so god, I love that! Such a good album. Oh sea Change album. and like Elliot Smith helped me through oh, a lot of shit. And bless a little, bit, Elliot a little Smith. bit of credit to Counting Crows. I yep. Wish he didn't have dreads, but whatever. <laughs> I would like to take this opportunity to introduce a new segment to every girly at McGurley Meg. Beck facts! <laughs> Quick take, Beck take. <laughs> he was recently in a photo with Jesse Camp. They recently met yes, somewhere. Yes. Somewhere that weird people go. Jesse Camp, we love you. You're fucking bonkers. In Clearwater, Florida. They were at a Scientology. Speaking of fucking weirdos, we're going to give this weirdo a fucking quiz. Let's find out if she's a, you know what? The Quizness magazine was so fucking boring. It was like, what's your sociability quotient? Yeah. She's a fucking bartender. I think I'm okay with people. Yeah. Like it'd be like, it was like a B, a B. No, I picked, (laughs) are you a ball buster? I mean, even, but I mean, even introverts need a job. So if there are introverts that are going into the service industry, Absolutely. So yes. They go. should have to and take this so quiz. Much gender weird bias in the term "Are you a ball buster?" Are we going to discuss the problematic nature of this are title you? of this quiz? Or are we going to take the fucking quiz? Are you a snowflake or are you cool in the bar? In the is my way world? or the highway your motto, or do you <laughs> tend to play the pushover? Take this quiz to assess your assertiveness streak. I thought that was she's the first question. I thought I was like, I thought that was the first question. Yeah, exactly. Like Andrea said, she's a Libra, so I'm like, well, sometimes I'm both. Okay, question one. Yeah. You're craving Italian, but your friends insist on Mexican. So you A, remind them about the yummy lasagna they could be eating and promise not to disagree with their choice next time. B, flat out refuse to join them unless penne is part of the deal. C, say nothing and go. You can always order in Italian tomorrow. Never diss fucking Mexican, first of all. <laughs> Doi! Obviously A. Right? A. What was A again? What was A? What was A again? (laughs) (laughs) I got, you know what? The second they mentioned Mexican, I was just like, "Mm, I want tacos. (laughs) Remind them about the yummy lasagna they could be eating and not disagree with their choice next time. Yes. Okay. A. A. Question two. You're in line at the grocery store with a shopping cart that's filled to the brim. The poor woman behind you who has two items and screaming kids asks if she can cut ahead. You say, sure. You'd want someone to do the same for you someday. Just assume I'm having kids. Okay. (laughs) B. Let her and the other two item only person behind her go ahead of you. You feel bad making them wait. Bark. Are you nuts? And then lecture her on waiting her turn. Honestly, if I was in this hypothetical line and there was just a bunch of people behind me with one or two items and I allowed the person directly behind me to go, I would do B. Yeah, I'd just let them fucking all go. Right? It's called kindness, people. You can't let a bunch of people go. Then not only like, that. No, not, but not if, only they, that. if they only have one or two items and I am and I have a grocery cart filled to the brim, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, dude. What? You shouldn't be in I'm this. unemployed. I'm in well. no rush. <laughs> <laughs> 
They shouldn't be in the one to sixteen item. Oh aisle. my god, James has oh his my fucking standing there counting your there. items. I won't say shit because I I hate passive aggressive. But I will judge you with my eyes. <laughs> but I also think that like I've. I've been in this. I've been in a situation where I have watched this, and I was actually like super fucking stoked to see it. There was a man that was in front of a woman who had two kids in a stroller that were just melting the fuck down, and he basically said, "I'll let you go first and then he moved to the back of the line. Aww, uh. see? Who was that look? James is just like fucking gross, man. Don't empower breeders. They shouldn't have. They made their choice. <laughs> I mean. No. I mean, I don't like kids, so I'd be like, get your crotch critters out of here, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to the back of the line. Okay, which back. movie character would be your your twin soul? Selma Blair's Bend Over Backwards, Cecile, and Cruel Intentions. Mina Savari's Totally Together, Heather, and American Pie. Jodie Lynn O'Keefe's Over the Top, Taylor, and She's All That. I mean, look, I'm just going to go with B, because, yep. but my shit is not even close to as together as Mina Savari's was in that <laughs> movie. Not right? even close. I would have picked Selma Blair because I really want to make out with Selma. <laughs> that's Sarah that's the only reason why I hesitated on it. I swear to God, I was also, like, "Well, she, she got to make out with Sarah Michelle Geller." So also, also, but I also secretly, secretly want Christine Baranski to be my mom. <gasps> Not so secretly, absolutely, you want Christine Baranski to be your mom. And I she's love you, amazing. mom. I love you, mom. But I also love Christine Baranski. Your guy is in the mood for loving, but your libido couldn't be lower. How do you respond? Put cold change in your vagina. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. uh, Tell him to take a cold shower. That's such a nightmare. (laughs) Ask him to go slowly to get your level of lust up to his or agree to do the deed despite your lack of desire. The only reason why I would pick B is it sounds like it's instigating a constant conversation about consent throughout That's the sexual exactly relationship, yeah. and I would pick B. Yeah. But I'm not taking this quiz. No, no, no. But, <laughs> but B is obviously where where my like immediate response would go. Yeah. Out of all three of those, even though it's- Have the conversation if you always can. Always have the conversation. I'd be like, James, go get us some snacks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about to go low in a second. Take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> When someone disagrees with you, you think that person, A, might have a point worth considering, B, is an idiot, C, is probably right. A. <laughs> Bro, we are not the Hello. same. <laughs> oh, my God. to Libra. <laughs> I am. I'm when was the last time Libra. you spilled a sincere, I'm sorry? Love means never having to say you're sorry. A, about a year ago when you made out with your best friend's boyfriend. B, last, there was a whole article about this that we didn't cover, by the way. Oh, my God. B, last week after blowing up with, uh, at your boyfriend for no reason at all. C, five minutes ago to the person you nearly knocked over. C. <laughs> That's very Canadian. 100% C. Because I was just, I was just sitting here being like, being like, when you asked the question, I was like, how long has it been since I last said sorry? Like, I literally have the exact polar opposite problem where I just create things to apologize for if I think somebody is angry at me. (laughs) I will admit fully to doing deep dives into another person's like life story to figure out the thing that happened to them when they were four that I'm responsible for. And then I'll apologize for it. I'm a Leo and I'm like, move bitch, get out the way. <laughs> Don't I love that me song. The grocery store. <laughs> That's me during Christmas season. <laughs> That's me during coronavirus season. Yes. Get the fuck away from me in the grocery store. Fair. Seriously, <laughs> remove your dick from my ass in the lineup. Back up. Back up. Back up. 
Mind your business. That's all. Just mind your business. When your ridiculously needy boyfriend accuses you of being distant, your response sounds like which Britney Spears lyric? Oops, I did it again. You apologize profusely and make him pasta. Me? (laughs) You you drive him crazy. One more bit of whining and you're dumping him. See, sometimes I run. You love him, but you need and insist on a little alone time. That sounds nice. Honestly, again, because this is a magazine quiz, all of these uh, answers are far too much in a a definitive way. As a a Libra, I have a very hard time. But also as a woman who's been through so many relationships and is about to turn 35 you know what fuck it i'm going with b fuck you drive it me crazy i've had enough <laughs> i'm done i also want britney to write a fucking song called fuck you incel and then that'll be what i choose the fucking that will be my option that i choose incel choreo incel choreography down for that getting in a fight with someone being like you know the dumbest thing that you hear old people say? Stupid old people who think they have all the fucking facts. Old couples to be yeah, like, Mom. What's, what's the secret? Why have you guys stayed together for so long? What's the secret? What's the secret to staying together for so long? To being together for so long? Separate bedrooms. Yeah. Close. They say, a lot of old people Murder. say, Murder. Don't go to bed mad. How is Which that is different? Such a lie. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. My parents went to bed mad like every you fucking You should night. always Broke. go to bed mad. If you get mad, go to bed. Especially <laughs> if you drink. A lot of old people are like, never go to bed mad. That's, no. why, that's why we've been together for 45 James years. Like, that's we my never default. go to bed mad. Dude, going to bed mad is the fucking best. I went to bed mad the other night because I was eating Chinese food and James went in the kitchen and said, stop eating all the snacks. (laughs) And I was like, don't fucking tell me what to do. Your new dude calls you on Saturday afternoon to invite you to a Beck show that night. Shut the fuck Do you go? Question, or sorry, answer A. Absolutely not. What's with such ridiculously short notice? Fuck B, you, bitch. Only if nothing better shows up. Fuck or you, C, bitch. sure do. At least he thought of you. Where's D? Where's yeah, D? Fuck yeah. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for knowing me as a human being. I know. Yes. See, yes, yes. Of oh, course. God. Good God. Uh, How did what? we pick this song and not even know that? That's I insane. love us. Oh. Okay. We're doing so great, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> beep, boop, beep, beep, okay, boop, yes. beep, boop, uh, I've, I've entered in. Marta's answers, and surprise, surprise, she's a balanced babe no. as a Libra. As a Libra, the, Congrats. the only inanimate object on the entire horoscope fucking wheel. That's us. Exactly, We're so Mondo. Special. Yeah. And now she will balance on one leg while we throw things at her. <laughs> I was a dancer for twenty-five years. Yeah. I could do it. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Believe in your okay. dreams, girl. You know when to stick up for yourself and when to let things slide, and you do it all with the ultimate finesse. You're secure enough to tell a guy when you think he's done something dastardly, but you're also tolerant enough to accept his shortcomings. You're unabashed and don't let people walk all over you, but also don't boss them around to get your way. Instead, you know how to negotiate and motivate people so they do their best and get their fair share. By combining empathy and caring with confidence, you get fabulous results more often, says Vivian Wolf. Damn, okay, gas me up. Your (laughs) self-esteem is alluring to those around you. That's why you're the one to snag the promotion, hook the guy, or at least attract a gang of fab friends. In the end, you're most likely to succeed in everything because you know how to keep yourself and those around you content. 
That is a very heavy explanation as to who I am with only, what, five questions? <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. People are actually surprised sometimes when fucking, they take the quizzes. They're like, that does sound like me. Fucking yeah. gassed up as fuck. Yeah. Thank you. If you're there listening, yes, you're the guy she's thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, James. Marta, you're such a fucking Chad. Yes. <laughs> If I was, I would have gotten laid a lot sooner than last November. So there's You're something a hanging Chad. There's something about including the word dastardly in the write-up that just makes me think of like the Monopoly man with a monocle. Makes me think Why of is Wuthering my grandma yeah. writing yeah. Like, yeah. advice? Or like Mr. Darcy or something. Yes. I'm like, who's dastardly? <laughs> mm. Who's dastardly mm. and how fast can I fuck them? <laughs> Mr. Darcy, allow me to present this young lady to you as a very desirable partner. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Girly Mags. I want to give a huge, huge thank you to our guest this week. I am literally three seconds away from offering you a, like a permanent spot as a guest. <laughs> this has been so fucking fun and is another segment I like to call D basically has an immediate crush on all of our guests. <laughs> If you would like to be a patron of we, our show. We do have extra segments, and sometimes they're pretty good. Sometimes they're really good, and sometimes they're fucking bomb. Yeah. And you know what? If you guys want to hear an episode, if you want to hear a specific episode or a specific magazine or something, like, dig into our stash. We have a fucking, in case you haven't noticed, we have a giant rack of I magazines. Even, I love when you dig I've, into my stash. I've only, I've only heard about it, but to actually see it in person, it's like, amazing, the, right? the collection of magazines. We just got a bunch of teen peoples. They're on un- yeah. It's there. unreal. Like, I, unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. So if you guys have something specific you want to hear or see or a celebrity or a specific topic you want to hear about, just message us. Like, message us on Instagram or Patreon. Patreon. You get so mad. She got it. It's you got it. You got got it. You corrected. You self-corrected. It's (laughs) fine. I I completely take responsibility. I got them drunk. I'm sorry. (laughs) Preserving Black lives isn't political. Black lives matter, and that's the first thing we care about. But we also care about. Uh, the fucked up system we have with authority and economic systems but the first and primary thing we care about is that black lives matter and that black people need to be not have their lives threatened by the fucking systematic police fucking yep. police state we have also I want to because I like I've been I've, I follow a lot of people that have been mentioning it black trans lives matter all um, black lives matter it all black lives matter but there is an epidemic of tra- black trans women Absolutely. being fucking murdered For and years no and years. Su- no sufficient fucking investigations are being done so like all black lives matter defund the police means stop police harassment of people trying yes. to create crime out of fucking Stop nothing. Stop proactive yes. policing. Let, let them investigate crimes. If you want to keep the police happening, by the way, they have police in England who don't have guns. Stop fucking allowing the proliferation of guns. Decriminalize drugs. Decriminalize being a drug addict. And stop allowing police to harass people to create crimes out of fucking nothing. Proactive and that policing. And will stop police interacting with people, which create fucking dangerous outcomes. 
Also, in case you guys always hear me and you're like, oh, there's a bunch of fucking white people talking on girly mags. Like, I am an indigenous person. I'm Mohawk. I'm Turtle Clan. Indigenous people in Canada face very similar. And it's not the Oppression Olympics. That's not what it's about. It's about solidarity. I think it's really important that people, if we have a lot of Canadian listeners, you often pat yourself on the back to be like, we're not America. Right now we're recording on the 4th of July. There are a lot of issues happening in your own communities, in your own backyard that you wouldn't even be aware of where police are killing indigenous people as well. Yes. And this is not, like I said, it's not the Oppression Olympics. If it was, indigenous people would at least come in second. Silver medal. <laughs> oh my God. But, <laughs> no, but like, I think it's really important to yes. say that, that that's something that we care strongly about, that we donate to. I personally donate to. I fucking beat my ass off for 50 hours to donate money, not because I'm trying to get a fucking medal, but because I care. And I think you should too. And if you're not able to donate, in a financial way, because I understand the the current climate, a lot of people don't have money. There but also are the other regular ways. climate, the Sign regular climate, even call outside people. of this. Hey, sorry, can I say one thing? By the way, white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard. Yeah, it just means that the hardness of your life hasn't been impacted by the fact color that of you're your white. skin. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Andrea, you look like Penny from the fucking Inspector Gadget on your fucking We love you guys. Thank you so much for following us. We love you so, so much. This was so fun. We love you. We hope you're being safe. We hope you are safe. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Bye.